Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 So when we could not stand it any longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that you would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you, and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us, and that you long to see us, just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all of our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all of the joy that we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all of his holy ones. Paul is very excited about the report apparently Timothy has brought about this church. And um, as we read through the text, we learn that Paul and Silas were curious how things had gone in Thessalonica after they had left. They knew that there was persecution and backlash, and apparently they were very afraid that the believers there were going to fold under persecution. So they apparently sent Timothy, and this was a, an early independent mission for Timothy. Uh, Timothy becomes a very, very important person in the life of Paul, progressively in Paul's writings. And, of course, we read numerous things about Timothy in the book of Acts as well. But Timothy was Paul's companion on many of his journeys. Timothy's mother was named Eunice, and we know that his grandmother was named Lois and are both mentioned as uh, people of faith. Paul writes in 2 Timothy, which is probably the last letter that he wrote, that Eunice and Lois, um, uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother, had had a tremendous influence on his life. And we also know that his father was Greek. Timothy's mother apparently was Jewish, and his father was Greek. Paul called Timothy his own son in the faith. In other words, we get this concept of having spiritual sons and spiritual fathers in no small degree to the relationship between Timothy and Paul, Paul being the spiritual father, Timothy being the spiritual son. And Paul made Timothy his companion in his missionary travels in Acts 16. Paul also circumcised him. Remember, I mentioned his mother was Jewish and his father was Greek. But Paul didn't circumcise him out of a a need to conform to the law of Moses. 
Paul circumcised Timothy so that Timothy would be deemed an acceptable minister to those of Jewish descent who had not yet had the same revelation about circumcision that Paul had. Timothy is called an evangelist in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. So he moved apparently in evangelism. Uh, he moved as an apostle or an apostolic missionary sent by Paul and Silas. We learn from church history that he became a general overseer of multiple churches during Paul's lifetime. And after Paul was martyred, Timothy was in charge of a number of different churches. Uh, he was sent by Paul and Silas on this missionary trip to Thessalonica that's referred to in this chapter 3 to go and assess what was going on with them. And so we read in verse 1, Paul writes, When we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We then sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we're destined for them. And so Paul says he couldn't come himself. He was, as we mentioned in the last chapter, he was hindered by Satan for some reason. But in the absence of being able to go himself, he sent his spiritual son, Timothy, to go and check on them and also to strengthen them and to encourage them in their faith. And he mentions that he was concerned that people would be unsettled in their trials. He's talking about persecution. And he writes, you know quite well that we're destined for them. Now, you may have noticed that we in the United States of America don't face much physical persecution for our faith. Some of us don't face any verbal persecution or any backlash whatsoever. Someone has made the observation that is a little bit prickly, but it may be accurate. And the observation is the reason we have so little persecution is we're so little like Christ. In other words, Paul was a lot like Jesus. Paul was uh, very consistent and outgoing and outspoken with his faith. But many of us are not a lot like Jesus. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we're going to heaven. But there's very little evidence in our lives and in our speech and in our actions that we belong to Christ. But Timothy uh, was one who stood for Christ. Paul and Silas stood for Christ. And these three expected to be persecuted and tried for their faith. And Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica that we are destined for trials and persecution. Friends, I don't think that was strictly a first century condition and situation. I believe that Paul is writing down to the church through the ages that inasmuch as we're not of the world and inasmuch as we look different from those who are, are in the world, we're going to be opposed. We're going to stand somewhat as outcast. We don't set ourselves apart from other people intentionally in an effort to be persecuted. However, these trials and this um, idea of being rejected and so forth, and sometimes even actively persecuted, it's biblical. It's consistent with the, uh, with the Gospels of what Jesus endured and the letters of Paul and others for what the early church endured. And we too, as the church of our generation, should expect backlash and trials. Paul writes in verse 6, Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. And so Brother Timothy brought Paul and Silas a very encouraging, loving report from the church that uh, they missed Paul and they were anxious for him to come back. Verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, 
In all of our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about your faith. For now, we really live since you're standing for the Lord. So Paul was, spiritually speaking, holding his breath, thinking maybe this church had folded under the pressure, you know, under the opposition. But uh, he says now that he can he can see that they're standing firm, he's really alive again. He was um, enduring, if you will, a, a sort of spiritual dying process, not knowing what was going on with them. But now knowing that they're safe, he's he's able to live again and relax. He writes in verse 9, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all of the joy we have in the presence of God for you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now I want to just drill down on that, supply what's lacking on your faith. The church is saved. They know Jesus. They've been saved. We assume they've been water baptized, uh, perhaps baptized in the Holy Spirit. And yet, Paul talks about a further growth, spiritual growth, that there's still something lacking in their faith. This was a very zealous church. Uh, They were standing strong for Christ, and yet there was more. Friends, I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how many times you've read your Bible. I don't care about what kind of um, glorious personal experiences you've had with the Lord. There is always more. There is always more. And by that, I don't mean a greater salvation. You're saved once. That's a free gift. I'm talking about there's more depth of of breadth and height and width of relationship with you and the Lord. We should always be pressing on to a higher place of relationship with the Lord. And so Paul said for this entire church that he wanted to come and supply what was lacking in their faith. And those who have an apostolic anointing, those who have a, a teacher's anointing from the Holy Spirit or a pastor's anointing, are able to impart life and substance and whatever the next steps are in your faith. And so you need to uh, sit under anointed men and women of God who are able to supply whatever may still be lacking in your spiritual diet. And I say unequivocally that all of us have room for more spiritual growth as long as we're breathing. Paul was praying that he could return and visit this church again. In verse 11, he writes, Now, may our God and Father himself And our Lord Jesus, clear the way for us to come to you. Paul wasn't satisfied to just wind them up and let them go. He wanted to continue to impart and to watch over them as a spiritual father, to succor them in the ways of the Lord and to supply whatever was lacking. Verse 12, he writes, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all of his holy ones. And so Paul is speaking a blessing over them. But notice he mentions the coming, the return of the Lord Jesus and holy ones or saints coming with Jesus. These holy ones, of course, will include the angelic host. It will also include those who have died in Christ before us. When Jesus returns, the saints and the angels will come with him. And so, Lord, I pray, as Paul, that you would strengthen our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would be found blameless and holy in your presence when our Lord Jesus comes along with his holy ones. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that we would be strengthened in our faith. God, that we would be encouraged in our faith. Lord, that we would not be unsettled by trials or backlash or opposition, whatever it is. 
I ask you, Lord, that we would be fervently devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ, overtly and publicly so. And Lord, if that um, inspires backlash, so be it. May we stand unashamedly for Jesus as he stood unashamedly for us. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.